Welcome to Sis Internet Radio. Sisters in Spirit, affectionately called Sis, is a nurturing environment for women that inspires harmony in everyday living, shares resources that empower, offers information and support that nourishes the soul, balances our mental and physical well-being, and promotes inner peace and heightened spirituality. Our vision is a world where women live consciously, harmoniously, and spiritually to positively impact our lives and the lives of those with whom we come into contact. Join us as we live life with style, grace, and of course, much joy. Welcome to our Sisters in Spirit broadcast for Thursday, May 3rd, 2012. As part of our Healing Energy series, tonight's topic is Optimizing Your Mental Health. May is Mental Health Month, and we thought it a great opportunity to bring awareness to an aspect of our health that is often overlooked in ourselves and our loved ones until it causes a disruption in our life. I'm Skye, and tonight's special guest is our co-host, Raisa, who will lead our discussion. Good evening, Raisa. How are you? Good evening, Sky. I am well. Glad to be talking about a topic little talked about. How are you? Awesome. And I'm looking forward to an engaging and informative discussion with you this evening. But before we begin, let me share a little more about our special guests with our listening audience. Darlene Raisa Nazaire has made the empowerment of others her life's mission. Listeners know her as founder of Sisters in Spirit and co-host of this show. Recently, She founded the Young Tiger Foundation to address the tragedy of mental distress in young black males and the trauma experienced when it leads to death by suicide. What both organizations have in common is that they provide information and inspiration to help others infuse harmony into their everyday living and align with the life of grace as we journey through this life experience. Her first book, Leaping Over the Hurdles of Life, A Tiger's Journey, the biography of her son Kalik's life, is her second published work. She holds a B.S. in Business Administration from St. Paul's College, an M.S. in Project Management from Boston University, and a Project Management Professional, and is a Project Management Professional, working with General Electric. Again, we're glad to be here talking about this topic this evening. And, Raisa, would you um, start off by expounding a little bit more and telling us how you got into mental health and distress, how that became one of your um, causes? Well, I'm, I'm not a doctor or a licensed counselor by any means, but what I am is very curious, and I always want to know why. So I was very curious to know why and understand why my son, who was strong, intelligent, physically healthy, highly motivated, and a very successful person, how he could have experienced mental distress to the point that he took his own life. So I started doing research, and the early research is captured in my book, Leaping Over the Hurdles of Life, and I'm just curious to find out how others see mental distress and want to make sure that others don't have that same type of experience because it is preventable and curable. So I believe we teach what we learn. I've had my own personal experiences with uh, depression, and I know that if I don't manage my energy, I'll suffer from depression. And I believe that mental distress results from genetic imbalance sometimes. And in my son's case, I think he had a double whammy of depression on one side and instability on the other. And even with the greatest amount of perseverance, that doesn't heal mental distress. Only mm-hmm. energy does. Okay. Can you expound a little bit more on exactly what our mental and emotional health is? What is that? And what is, well, basically, what, is, what does it refer to um, as we look at, you know, different aspects of our health? What are we dealing with when we talk about our mental and emotional health? Well, we're basically talking about our own mental balance, which is an energy or life force. and. Mm-hmm. 
You know, I want to backtrack a little to say that in honor of Mental Health Month, I really wanted to do this show, and just the simple fact that there's an entire month dedicated to mental health awareness, and that started in 1944, uh, really shows you how deep the epidemic of mental distress is. And I'm thinking that 1944 would coincide with mass industrialization, people moving into cities and moving away from more natural food sources. So, yes, definitely. And and what is interesting to me is that even though this month was, um, they started observing this month back in the 1940s, you still don't hear much about it. Exactly. I mean, it's not something that's widely observed. And although uh, incidences of mental health issues is on the rise, so, you know, that's um, another reason why, as you said, we wanted to bring attention to it um, during this discussion. Yeah, statistics show that in the U.S., one in four people are suffering from mental distress. So if you're in a room with four people, at least one of you is likely to have some issues that are going to go unaddressed simply because mm-hmm. you don't know about it, you don't recognize it within yourself, or you know you just don't have the... Um, financial awareness or resources to take care of it. And, um, you know, that one person might be you, and you may even already be be working on that because you recognize it. Yet when we talk about mental health, we very rarely, well, when we talk about overall health, we very rarely hear mental health in the same breath. So That's right. Mental health really is, you know, our overall psychological well-being. You know, it's it's about how we feel about ourselves, our environment, um, our relationship. All of that factors into what our psychological well-being is, whether it's going to be positive or negative, and we just don't think about it in that way. Um, yes. The other aspect that we don't think about is that our mental well-being, um, to say, suppose I say, okay, well, I really don't have any mental issues or mental health issues because I don't have any mental health problems. But that's not a good way to look at it because being mentally and emotionally healthy is more than being free from mental health, what we call quote-unquote mental health issues. Right. So even though we as conscious people know that the entire mind, body, spirit, triad needs to be addressed, we often don't consider what that mind is and Mm -hmm. know that we need to address that as well to optimize overall well-being. And and really think about it. All illness starts in the mind. The cells in our body have intelligence and respond to the direction of our thoughts. So we want to say our thoughts create our reality, and we're saying that, but then, you know, what does that really mean? And that's true because thoughts are created on the mental plane. And Mm -hmm. no one's ever seen a thought. It's not a physical thing. It's pure energy. Mm -hmm. So the kind of simple breakdown, um, thought or mental energy vibrates at a higher, though interconnected frequency than the physical body. So if there Mm -hmm. are issues or disturbances in the mental plane, then they will be translated into mental distress and imbalance on the physical plane. So if mm. our equilibrium is off, then our life experience will follow the same pattern or energy because only light can attract. And um, I'm a student of A Course in Miracles, and so I, I just wanted to read something out of that that really states that point clearly, and it says, the world you see is what you gave it, nothing more than that. But though it is no more than that, it is not less. Therefore, to you it is important. So it's saying that, you know, all of the things that you perceive are real and very important. It is the witness to your state of mind, the outside picture of an inward condition. As a man thinketh, so does he perceive. So, you know, that just points to the fact of how important your thoughts are in the creation of your reality. You know, we take yes, it from- and it also takes us back to the fact that when you have um, emotional stress or un, 
unbridled or unchecked emotional emotional stress that it can evolve into a physical manifestation. So yeah. that's something, and, and that goes along with what you were saying earlier that our thoughts manifest themselves in a physical physical manner in our body. Yeah, and you know it's it's true and natural that everybody experiences mental distress in response to environmental. Mm-hmm. And it's like a heavy workload, death of a loved one, death of a situation, whether that situation is a relationship, a move, or, you know, loss of a job, whatever that change may be, and, or in a response to trauma. You know, people are abused. They do have issues that result from very real experiences, uh, such as catastrophes like Katrina, you know, or uh, war. Yet. You know, stress is a temporary alarm that goes off to tell the body that something different has to be done. And when the alarm is gone, then the condition becomes chronic, as you were saying. So paranoia, bipolar disorder, depression, all of those so-called disorders of the mind, they come about because we're disconnected from life force energy because the alarm was left on too long. So think about it, right? If you left your alarm clock on all day, you know, at first it would be really annoying to you. So, you know, you tend to do something about it, turn it off, do what it takes to get it turned off. But if you don't do that, then that alarm just becomes background noise and you get used to it. So, you know, this is what we do in life. We make mental distress normal to the point that we don't even know how a healthy mind functions. Yeah, isn't that something? Yeah. And and I would say that it it really is true. Can you give us some examples of um symptoms or things that we need to look for within ourselves and others uh in terms of um that could be one of those warning signals or some of give us a list of some of those warning signals to look for? Sure. Um and, and I'll start with risk factors because the risk factors of mental distress are the same for everybody, Nobody, no matter where you are on the scale of the spectrum, whether you are chronically depressed or just at dis-ease about an, an event or an occurrence. So um, the risk factors come about, as I said, from traumatic life circumstances, if you're not getting enough sleep, your body's not producing enough serotonin, and lack of serotonin will put you at disease, amongst other chemicals that I'll get into a little later. If you have a poor diet, you're eating low-energy food, which brings your natural vibration down, lack of exercise, you know, you have energy blocks, and then um, also genetic disposition, chemical brain deficiencies, are transmitted through the DNA. So even if you don't have a clue why why you are feeling mental distress, it could possibly have come from um, your genes. And so then you need outside energetic healing to deal with that. Um, If you're around a lot of unstable energy in people, that's another risk factor. If you're into watching a lot of violence or low vibration activities, more risk factor. Abuse of stimulants, you know, drugs, alcohol, sex, whatever it might be. And the world that we live in today is a really high-stress environment. There's too much technology. We've got all those frequencies from phones, TVs, overhead uh-huh. transmissions, et cetera. All of that disturbs our balance. And, you know, so your energy field is disturbed, and you have to do things to put that back in balance. So the symptoms of mental distress, as I said, are signals that you need to take action. And in our society, it's not a question of are you stressed, it's how do you deal with stress. And you know Mm -hmm. when you you have anxiety, your emotions are out of whack or out of alignment with what they should be, Anger is another symptom, um, moodiness, you're feeling constantly overwhelmed and frustrated, you start to isolate yourself. Um, if you're fatigued and listless, don't have a lot of energy to do things, your energy is literally drained mm-hmm. and you feel hopeless, your head is 
clogged, it's hard to stay focused, you get headaches, you have memory loss, um, you know, the, the, the list goes on, but those are the main symptoms. And, and doing some research, um, I wanted to also um, share some of the symptoms to look for in children and preteens, uh, which include, um, and this is from WebMD, which include abuse of drugs and alcohol, changes mm-hmm. in school performance, failing grades, inability to cope with daily problems and activities, changing in sleeping and or eating habits, which is the same for adults, excessive complaints and physical problems, as with adults, you have some people that have just so many unexplained physical problems, and that could also be a symptom of uh, something going on with our mental health. And males? Uh, acting out and defying authorities, um, you know, skipping school, stealing and damaging pro- property, um, intense fear, and um, also a, just a long-lasting negative mood. I mean, these are some of the things that, and, and we're talking about in excess, because sometimes, you know, we all have just like a, a momentary or temporary change in mood. But these situations and these symptoms that we're speaking of are more or less in excess. Yeah. Would you say so, Raisa? Oh, definitely. It's it's a disproportionate amount of reaction or emotional reaction. Um, some other symptoms include recklessness, your potentially dangerous behavior, such as reckless driving, engaging in unsafe sex. Um, They all indicate that a person no longer values his or her life because they just don't have the energy to care. Mm -hmm. I think one of the things that um, that you mentioned earlier, um, and talking about our energy, um, the energy that surrounds us, people really, to me, it seems like people really don't um, take heed to that and maybe really don't even understand that the energy fields around us, the energy that we bring into our um, environment that we allow to surround us and the energy that we give off also um, affects our mental and emotional health. So we need to be conscious of that, that energy is a tangible thing and that it can um, create um, mood swings and it can be a detriment to our um, to our mental and emotional health. Right. Of course, that makes perfect sense because everything is energy, right? Energy, mm-hmm. like matter, is never created um, <clears throat> or destroyed. It can only be transformed. So you know that if your energy is imbalanced, it can be transformed. And, you know, as far as the brain is concerned, it's an organ as well. And as an organ, it can suffer trauma and disease, and the neurotransmitters in your brain begin to not do their job, which is transmitting messages. So neurotransmitters transmit information through the brain and through your body, and they're manufactured in the brain from amino acids, which are extracted from food and the primary source of amino acids is protein. So if you're not getting those proteins in your diet, then you're not getting the um, key amino acids that keep those neurotransmitters functioning and your brain functioning properly. Uh Mm-hmm. And we so so often um, neglect our diet mm -hmm. when um, that is, like, providing the source of nutrients to our brain, which essentially controls what's going on with our mental and emotionally health, emotional health. So that's awesome. I mean, it's it's just really making me think about a lot of things as we um, converse here. Yeah, and so people don't really get how how deep those neurotransmitters are as as far as controlling your mood. The four key or five key ones are dopamine, um, GABA, serotonin, endorphin, and um, the fifth is norepinephrine. So um, dopamine and norepinephrine are the natural energizers, and they help you stay focused. And you can get dopamine from fruits and vegetables, almonds, avocados, bananas, pumpkin and sesame seeds. And and nor, um, norepinephrine 
comes from pretty much the same sources, almonds, nuts, avocados, bananas, lean fish, tofu. So if you're not feeling energized and focused, that means that you've got a deficiency in one of those two neurotransmitters. So in addition to getting them from food, you can also get them from supplements at the health food store. You don't want to totally rely on supplements, and as you begin to eat properly, then you'll need less and less supplements because you'll be getting that wholesome, clean energy from your food. Mm. And we just had a conversation about how our um, our diet uh, plays such a role in our overall well-being. Yeah, yeah, you've got to feed Uh them. You definitely have to feed your brain right. Um, Another one of the, the... big mood creators that I mentioned earlier is serotonin, which is a natural Prozac. When you've got low serotonin, it's uh, one of the easiest deficiencies that you can develop. And there aren't a lot of foods that are high in the amino acid um, tryptophan, I think it's called, which is the only nutrient that the body can use to make serotonin. Mm. You get serotonin from foods like walnuts, folic acid, and foods that have folic acid are lentils, kidney and black beans, chickpeas, oranges, green leafy, and um, melons. And if you're not getting enough sleep, then you're not producing the serotonin that you need. As I mentioned before, um, Gina Smallwood had mentioned to me that in her study she found out that you need to get at least seven hours of sleep in order for your body to even begin producing serotonin. So Mm -hmm. if you're not getting enough sleep, then your um, natural body booster, you know, the happy serum, you're just not getting it. So. Mm -hmm tend to be more depressed, you know, um, fatigued and lackadaisical. And, and um, regarding that sleep issue, remember Dr. Baruch mentioned that he, he advocates for 8 to 10 hours, and I don't know too many people that can actually get 8 to 10 hours of sleep. I can strive for 7, but 8 to 10, that's, you know, I don't know, that just seems like living like a hermit to me. Well, you know, but, um, I... I thought about that when he said it, and I think that if your body is properly energized, mm-hmm. then you can get by on the eight hours that's standardly recommended. If you're not eating properly and you need more energy, you need more sleep. Wow. I guess that's something else I need to put on my to-do list. <laughs> <laughs> Look, that just makes it hard, you know. It's just kind of like... <laughs> mindful and you know when you when you can do it you do it because um as i mentioned earlier we teach what we need to learn so you know sky we're always talking about how to have a more balanced life how to infuse harmony into your everyday living and this is something that's a journey just like with everyone else as we live it we learn it and we get better and better at it and the more that we hear people talking about it the more energy that's generated around it the more we're able to live it yes definitely what other uh comments and information would you like to share with us Raisa regarding this um um journey towards optimum mental health well you know of course um Healing, you know, we talked about the problem, so we should definitely talk more about the solution. And healing comes through diet, exercise, and vibrational healing. Increasing your body. Before we get into that, can we? Do you have a a round um, definition or uh, that you can share of what good or balanced mental health is? Um. And, and this would be my definition. It's not any textbook definition. But balanced mental health is feeling vibrant and energetic mm-hmm. enough to respond to an issue with a proper response. So yeah. you're thinking clearly. Your intuition will flow through to tell you what you need to do in a situation and and start. Mm-hmm. And vibrant. Probably I used that word 50 times, but, you know, it's all about 
vibrational energy. And that's a good way to um, to put it, too, being vibrant, you know, just um, having a sense of contentment. Um, a zest, that's the vibrancy, a zest for life and living. And, you know, being able, as you say, to deal with situations as they come in a, a, a reasonable manner and um, not letting things overwhelm you, you know, just an overall balanced life, a, an ability to... Um, Look at adversity and to think through how to overcome it and how to go through it, how to handle it. You know, just being flexible, you know, just overall, just think about when we are happy and content and all is well in life, that's we're in a good mental health state of being at that time. And um, especially our relationships, being able to build and nurture and um, have good relationships. So it's, it's really a number of key things that is involved with being in a balanced state of mental health. Yeah, and we talked about that stress alarm earlier on. So mm-hmm. it's knowing how to turn off that alarm, you know, mm-hmm. not getting overstressed about an issue. As they say, don't make a, um, what is it, don't make a, a hill out of a ant hill. Don't make a out of a molehill, is that it? <laughs> So, you know, I I do a lot of reading. Um, Something that really struck me was by uh, Dr. Julia Ross. She wrote a book called The Role of Diet in Mental Health, and her Mm. statement was that prolonged stress uses up your natural sedative stimulants and pain relievers. And, Mm. And if inherited like little or marginal amounts from the very start, which I believe was the case for my son, then um, the emergency stores of these really precious brain chemicals can get used up if you continually need to use them to calm yourself over and over and over again. So eventually your brain can't keep up with the demand, and that's why you have to help your brain by eating healthy foods. Mm. Mm. That's just awesome. Yeah. You have made it, you know. Yeah, you were going to take us through some of the things that we can do to optimize our health. Yeah, and and the first one I mentioned was diet. So you want to make sure that you're eating close to the earth. Dr. Baruch mentioned these things on the last show, unprocessed um, as much as possible with its fewer steps away from the original food source. So, right, that's food that's real. Um, fresh vegetables, fruit, whole grains, beans, nuts, seeds, lean animal protein if you're going to eat flesh, chicken, eggs. And then you want to make sure that it's it's clean and it's not, like, chemically induced. Eat um, animals that are grass-fed and hormone-free. And then organic foods also as well as hormone-free, you want to have pesticide-free. Mm-hmm. The, the um, toxins from pesticides really do impact, impact your brain, and they also impact your thyroid and your sex hormone. All of those are really sensitive to the effects of low-level toxins. Mm. And I think we also talked about last time um, eating local foods that are in season. Yes, definitely. That was a big part of that. Yeah, that's also important. Mm-hmm. So your nutrition is um, some uh, one of the ways that we can help affect and help move towards optimum health. You also talked earlier about the energy, you know, uh, the energy that we bring into our environment, um, mm-hmm. being around positive people. <laughs> and sometimes let, you just have to let go of those people that are draining your energy and, you know, just let them go and make space for other situations to open up for you. And, you know, that's something that we really need to um, to um, be more conscious of, the people that we allow in our energy field, because um, I, I remember being into a number of situations where, I had um, close friends 
or relatives who I would speak to almost every night, and it was always, um, you know, it was never an uplifting conversation, and it was just like by the end of the conversation, all the life had been sucked out of me. You know, I was depressed. It was like they called and just immediately transferred all of the negativity and all of the bad energy that they had to me, and I allowed, I allowed that to happen until I got tired of feeling tired after talking with them. So what I learned to do, if I wasn't going to just say, okay, I can't talk right now, I learned to transfer or to change the tone of the conversation. Yeah, which can be draining, too, if you have to keep doing it over and over and over. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And and sometimes they'll hear that, and yes. if they find out that you're not really trying to go there and listen to it, they'll end the conversation themselves, or right. either they will change the conversation. Right. But you're really being uh huh. Or they might not want to talk to you because you're not going where you want to go. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So, you know, but we really do need to be very conscious of that because, I mean, we could talk to somebody and become depressed later and not even know why we're depressed. So. Yep. That's a very um, important. And then depression can become a habit, um, and then we'll talk about it like it's really a part of us instead of, um, you know, something that we need to separate ourselves from. I always think about that commercial that they do on TV where the woman has this old bathrobe on and she's, you know, putting on this old bathrobe and calling it my depression and then when she's able to take it off she takes it off and puts it on a chair and it has eyes and a life force and force and energy and and depression is really like that and and while you're wearing that robe or cloak you don't even realize how much out of your state of balance you actually are and then when you begin to heal you can look back and say oh i was literally out of my mind. And I can mm-hmm. say this because, you know, as I said, I went through a state of depression after my son died, and then I can look back on some points and say, oh, wow, I, I've i even looked at stuff that I did during that period and said I wasn't even really there. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. you know, be the essence of me wasn't even really there. Yes, yes, and that's understandable. And 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 um, while you're speaking of that, that also relates to the trauma that you talked about earlier, right. where trauma can also affect your mental health. It's not it's not just um, you know mental things that happen, but a situation that happened to you that you were involved in that can also trigger an imbalance in our mental um, well being. And you experienced that and went through that with the sudden um, death of, of Kalik. So that's um, something else that people need to also look at in terms of if you're dealing with a, yourself or a family member, um, a traumatic experience. Uh, we have in this country many traumatic experiences that people have gone through lately and around the world that we get no type of mental health coaching, no type of address. Um, no way of addressing these traumatic incidences, you know, that we've gone through. Yep, that's the truth. And mm-hmm. uh, our medical practitioners, they'd rather drug us up and treat the symptoms just to keep you calm versus to heal you. So, you know, energy healing, increasing your vibrational energy is the way that you heal and, you know, it's not just putting a Band-Aid on the issue. It's mm-hmm. actually moving through the blockage. And something that you said earlier about um, the environment that we're in, uh, we're in urban, um, most of us live in urbanized areas. Uh, technology is, is everywhere. So the ability to connect with nature can also help us kind of put ourselves back in balance. Um, mentally and emotionally, um, because, you know, we are biological creatures, so we need to put ourselves in the environment, and there's many ways we can do that by getting outdoors, breathing in fresh air, um, taking walks outside, gardening, you know, just something like even a container garden, but just somehow trying to get ourselves back in contact with nature will help us 
you know, kind of realign and rebalance ourselves. That's true. You know, you're putting yourself back in that natural environment that people lived in for the most part in the U.S. before 1944. (laughs) Um, You know, and as you mentioned, exercise, which comes in so many forms, from the light exercises to heavy exercises, it all gets your energy moving. Um, So, you know, Qigong was so powerful that it was banned by the communist government in China. And Qigong releases the blockages to that life energy or chi. It's mm-hmm. just really, really powerful. And I think of all the martial arts, it's probably the one that is less advertised and, you know, pushed out there to the public because it is so powerful. It oh. is. And, and just lately, in the last several years, you're you're starting to see it pop up a little bit more in mainstream um, America. But, yeah, it is one of the lesser-known arts. Yeah, it it transforms you from imbalance to equilibrium. And, you know, Mm -hmm. there are other forms of vibrational energy healing, like biogenetics, which is energy alignment, uses machines to balance your energy, Um, kinesiology, using the body to tell us what is actually wrong. Uh, muscle, You know, it uses muscle testing, Reiki, which, soothes and smooths out all those energy blockages. You know, once you finish a Reiki session, you're feeling wonderful and clear, sound therapy. And as you said, Sky, you can be outside listening to the birds and heal. Mm-hmm. If, you, if, you're, uh, if you're a GABA, that neurotransmitter is low, you're going to feel stressed and tense. Your body will feel all tight. It's, and just taking those supplements will help balance you as well. So if you're doing a combination of all these things, eating right, taking the proper supplements, then your energy blockages will start to be released and you'll start to feel better. Okay. Now, would you like to take this time to transition into talking about um, your book that deals with uh, mental health and um well-being? Sure. The book is called Leaping Over the Hurdles of Life, A Tiger's Journey. And it's called A Tiger's Journey for a couple of reasons. And one is because my son went to Morehouse College and their mascot was a tiger and he was a huge Morehouse advocate. And then as I thought about it more and more, you know, his story is my story too. And the mascot for my college, St. Paul's College, was also a tiger. And I'm telling you, that did not hit me until, like, two weeks ago. It's like, oh, wow. Mm -hmm. Yeah, You know, there are no coincidences. And so, you know, I I wrote the book. The the first section is about his life story and all of his wonderful accomplishments, his travels around the world, and the, the life that he had that was just not enough for him because of the mental distress in his brain, which would just keep, um, you know, telling him not enough, not enough, not enough, and and not good enough, you know, whatever he had wasn't enough, that sort of thing. And, you know, just an excerpt from the book about his thoughts, you know, he's thinking that life wasn't fair, he labored in vain, and he felt as though everything was moving in slow motion. And so this section from the book says, I was just tired. Fatigue had me weary all the time. And then the thoughts that are going around in his head is, if I can't do simple things like pass the CPA exam or get accepted into the university of my choice, what is the problem with me? I no longer believe I can do anything I want to do. Why can't I seem to focus? This effort of putting on a mask of having it all together every day is wearing me down. And and that's what happens when you get to the far spectrum of mental distress when it's been untreated and undiagnosed. You know, you feel as though you can't cope with life and the voice in your head starts to tell mm-hmm. you that you can't win. Mhm. Yeah. Yeah. Win. And that also speaks to an a an askew 
view of what reality actually is. Right. You know, Go- that, that's or- your reality. Because was, was it um fact that uh, Khalid was accepted into the college? Was he accepted into the college? Actually ended up being waitlisted, which we found out oh. after. Yeah, so, you know, maybe he would have gotten in, maybe he wouldn't, but is it, I mean, really college, I mean, it's it's really not that important on the spectrum, but as the Course in Miracles stated, you know, if that's what you think, then that's what you're going to perceive, that's what you're going to get. So, and that speaks to what you were talking about earlier, extremes. Right. Mm-hmm. So your state of mind, what is going on within your mind, is what you're going to see outside. And so mm-hmm. if turmoil rolling around in your thoughts in your head, then that's going to be projected out for, and you will see a world that only reflects back to you turmoil and stress mm-hmm. and problems. And the only way that someone that deep in it can get out is to get help externally. And so, as so you they said, have to recognize that they need help. Well, I mean, sometimes they they're so far gone they cannot recognize that they need help, and so it's up to the people who love them to put them in a position where they can get help if it's gone that far. You know, in my son's case, I just didn't recognize it. He hadn't. There were there was a lot of time previously where he had not gone that far where I. If I had known, I would have had the opportunity to say, okay, well, you know, let's do this therapy. You need to go take some Qigong classes, you know, sound therapy, um, diet, change your diet, sleep more, all of those things that he wasn't doing. He wasn't eating properly because he was eating out of restaurants and Mm -hmm. not eating home-cooked meals. He wasn't sleeping, um, you know, seven, eight hours because his lifestyle kept him up for right. long hours in the day. He worked at Deloitte, and, you know, they would they worked. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's kind of a – in that situation, because Kalik was an adult and he was living on his own, so it would kind of be hard for you to, to have such a bird's-eye view, you know, as to what was how, – how deeply it was affecting him. And right. so that's you know, something that we have to kind of – well, it's, it's a good reason why we need to educate ourselves and others on what to look for and, and you know, make sure that the word gets out about mental health is just as important as our physical health and our financial health so okay. that, you know, individuals, we can now become more responsible and more uh, enlightened as to what balance is when it comes to our mental health. So that um, speaks to the point of the importance of a mental health month, of the book that um, you wrote, and of other, just getting the information out there about mental health and the need for us to take note and to be just as engaged in this as we are with other aspects of our health. Right, and so when you go get your physical checkup, you should also be getting your annual mental checkup. It all Mm -hmm. goes hand in hand. Why do one without the other, you know? And you, you basically, as you say, we need to empower ourselves when we see and others. When we see someone out there who may have may be having issues, we want to present information to them because with information it allows a person the option to change. Okay, now I know this. Now I can do things differently. You know, mm-hmm. sometimes it's just a matter of putting that information before them. Right. And, yeah. and as individuals. We need to know the things that stress us out so that when we see those triggers um, or those buttons push, then we can take the steps to bring ourselves back to a place of equilibrium. It's like, oh, okay, you know, I could see that um, either that person, this, this situation, whatever, is a stressor for me, so I'll either avoid that. But if I have to deal with that, then I know that I need to do something after to bring myself back to a space of equilibrium. And if we talk more, you know, process and share our feelings, that then in that sharing comes a release, and we're not holding on to that energy. If we're practicing uh, breathing also, your body will tell you when you're tense or stressed, because mm. your breathing will either be shallow or you'll be holding your breath. And you find yourself yeah. in situations, oh, I was holding my breath. Well, you know, 
that's doing a lot of damage to your inner energy because you're not bringing in the new energy, you know, the whole combustion that goes on in the body through air and the healing processes, regeneration of cells and all that wonderfulness. Um, So we talked about healthy diet, exercise and sleep, prayer and meditation equally as important. Um, it, It is a form of energy healing as well, meditation, and, you know, helps you tap into higher frequencies. And so there you get a vibrational change. You can use sound therapy, you know, music is vibration. It can uplift you or take you down. So go with the music that takes you up. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And the other thing is that people should not be afraid to seek help when they need it. Now, when you were going through the grieving process and just the the, the entire um, situation of handling, you know, finding out about um colleague situation and how did how did you come out of it, and what what helped you through it, and what helped you um, understand at a certain point that that you um, were kind of had an imbalance going on? Because you said at one point you didn't even realize that you weren't your true self. Right. What brought you to a point where you understood that okay something is not I'm not handling this right? Um. Well, I had a, a situation at work where I was in a meeting and. I was supposed to be doing a presentation, and I could not remember what it is I was supposed to say. And I realized that, you know, I was overloaded, overwhelmed because mom, my son had passed, and I was not, I was internalizing it and not really releasing it. So I began to go to a talk therapist who was also a spiritual talk therapist and began to express how I felt and talked it out. And and then I did a a whole lot of things, you know, biogenetics, energy Mm -hmm. healing. I did ancestral healing and probably five or six different things that I did over the course of the last four years to help release me and some ancestral energy that we Mm -hmm. were carrying in our DNAs and hopefully, you know, have helped heal certain situations for generations to come. Mm-hmm. So would you say to someone who's gone through a traumatic situation that, you know, just automatically you need to start looking at and trying to seek ways to address um, tra- the trauma and how it might have affected um, them mentally instead yeah. of just going on like it's all okay? Um, I would say that people do things in their own time, and so yes, you should. I, it is it is more helpful to address it early in the, in whatever form that works for the individual. We talked about several forms of healing, um, and sometimes people need that first step to to be okay, to address it as though everything is okay. But eventually you have to deal with it. So, yes. you know, it works differently for different people, so I really can't say there what the best mm-hmm. with a situation involving trauma would be. But the the one thing I can say is um, try not to do it alone because when you're in isolation, that's mm-hmm. when all of the thoughts and, you know, the weaknesses come up because, if you're feeling unsupported and all alone and disconnected, then you're more likely to become disconnected from the joy and energy of life. Right. Mm-hmm. What else would you like to share with us um, about the book or the um, the experience, the Tiger Foundation? I have a book signing coming up on May 19th at the Java Delight Cafe Indicator. So it's to those who are listening, if you're in the Atlanta area, come out to the book signing, get the book. The story is about my son's life, and it is definitely a life lesson for all. There's something to be learned for everyone, something to share with your children and for single parents who are raising male sons, single women. I I think it's an excellent resource. And and that's what I was going to say about it, that it really is a resource 
Uh, it's a very candid um, and um, informational look from a colleague's perspective, and um, I really gained a, a good insight from the book. And it also is a resource for um, how to look at um, mental health issues or mental health imbalances, what to look for, and how to address them. So it's not only sharing his life, but it's also sharing resources. And um, can you tell us more about the Tiger Foundation and how uh, people can go there to get their resource, those resources? Sure. The Tiger Foundation is really an organization that was created to build a safe environment for young men of color specifically to discuss and recover from disconnection from the joy of life. And we do that in several ways. We approach mental health from the mind-body-spirit triad, as I mentioned earlier. We host conferences and training workshops <clears throat> And just really basically the purpose is to disseminate awareness and prevention material. And it's done from a culturally sensitive point of view because uh, as African, American, or minorities, a lot of professionals don't have an understanding of where we come from in life and the type of experiences that we have so that they can relate to us and help us through talk therapy or whatever kind of therapy may be needed. And so we ensure that we have a network of culturally sensitive professionals. And then we foster a peer-to-peer forum and community discussion online where people can become members, log in, talk about their issues, ask questions, get help, and know that they're not alone. And in addition, we assist the suicide survivors, the family, the friends, and help them find peace because this is a traumatic event for them. And so the same tools that are used by someone who is experiencing mental distress that might be considering suicide are the same tools that have to be used by these trauma victims. And then mm-hmm. we find survivors. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and, again, I can't speak to how well done the book was and to also say that I appreciate you taking the time and taking the opportunity to share your experience in order to inform, empower, and to inspire others to um, know what to look for and to how to find resources. Um, I, I really appreciate your efforts in doing that and sharing your experiences as well. Thank you. And you can find more at the website. It's www.youngtigerfoundation.org. You can get the book, Leaping Over the Hurdles of Life, A Tiger's Journey, at Amazon.com, BarnesandNoble.com, and I'm also working on getting it into the Barnes & Noble store. Awesome. Now, do you see doing any, or are you already doing any type of collaboration with um, suicide prevention organizations or mental health organizations, some of I'm the national planning, organizations? Yeah, I'm, I'm planning to do some work with the National Foundation for Suicide Prevention, and November is Mental Health Month. There's a lot going, I'm sorry, November is Suicide Awareness Month. I'm planning to do a lot with them. Currently at the job, I am doing some work around um, mental health for Mental Health Month, and we have an event coming up, which is also going to be the same title of our next show, um, Stress Management and Laughter Yoga. Laughter Yoga is really powerful. Laughter itself is a very powerful powerful tool for releasing blockages and negative energy. Yes, I'm particularly interested in that because that's been on one of my to-do lists as well, to become a facilitator. So that's going to be interesting to um, to hear from um, our guests regarding that. So, um, I uh, again, I really appreciate, and I'm sure as do others, um, your willingness to um, try to help others um, through your experiences and to really try to empower people on, on our mental health and the value of being aware of and keeping ourselves in balance. Uh, Are there any other uh, final comments that you would like to share with our listeners before or as we come to an end? Well, in closing, I'd like to say that 
Mental distress can happen to anybody. It does happen at different levels all the time. It can be managed. Getting help is a sign of strength, not weakness. And we should be our brother's keepers. If you see somebody out there who is having issues, give them information, talk to them, you know, refer them, check out the website, get some information there, help a brother out. And at the end of the day, I just really want to get people thinking and talking about mental distress, which impacts so many and hardly anyone is talking about it. Mm-hmm. I think we also need to break through the stigma that seeking help is, um, you know, that's that's kind of taboo, especially I would think in an African-American uh, community, um, seeking help through a therapist or um, even just, you know, talking to a family member about, um, you know, how you're feeling and what's going on with you. So um, we, it's very important to get the word out that it's okay to um, seek help. It's okay to um, realize and to come to um, the realization that, okay, I might need some help in this area or I'm not handling this very well. So we need to break down those walls and to um, get rid of that stigma about um, seeking help regarding our mental and emotional well-being. Agreed. Your mental health is imperative, you know, just as your physical health is. So, again, I'd like to thank you, Raisa, for sharing your experiences and sharing your um, knowledge and your information, uh, sharing your son, sharing the Tiger Foundation with us this evening and for uh, the the work that you have planned ahead. And um, I'd like to um, thank our audience for um, being with us this evening. We hope you um, received um, the information and the blessings that were put here for you to receive. And you know that we like to end our um, show with a quote. Did you have a quote you'd like to share with us um, this evening, Raisa? I, I want to use my son's favorite expression, you know, think about it. That's it. Just, just think about it. <laughs> think about it. Mm-hmm. And that's awesome. Just think about it. I could not find one that represented really what I wanted to say, so I just went inward and um this is what I came out with. Uh, nurturing your mental, emotional health creates balance in what can be a very unbalanced environment. So um, we have to be aware and be keenly aware to nurture it. That's right. As Again, we Lisa, would you like to share the information about your upcoming um, uh, book signing? Sure. Uh, this one is at Java Delight in Decatur, Georgia, on Flat Shells Parkway. It's on May 19th, and it will be from 2 o'clock to 4 o'clock. We're having light appetizers, healthy food for the mind, and definitely healthy food for thought. And I'll be, awesome. Uh, um, go ahead, Raisa. I will be setting up speaking engagements moving forward, planning to speak all over, you know. Well, that's awesome because so New York definitely is- need it. So we look forward to hearing more about uh, where you're going to be sharing this knowledge and information. Yeah, well, I will definitely keep folks abreast via SIS. Awesome. You've Bye. been listening to Sisters in Spirit, and our conversation tonight has been about how to optimize your mental health and well-being. Our special guest this evening has been our own co-host, Raisa and she shared her inspiration, her experiences, and her determination to inspire others to uh, live a healthy and well-balanced mental state and how to, what to look for and how to seek help uh, if you happen to need it. So stay tuned for more information uh, regarding um, Rice's book signings and the other endeavors that she uh, will definitely be participating in. Thank you for joining us, and we look forward to you being with us the next time. Thank you all for joining the show. Good night. You've been listening to Fifth Internet Radio. Until the next time, 
Enjoy the fluid flow of life by remembering to infuse harmony into your everyday living.